Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. There's an is in here. Beautiful goal. Walcott! What a goal! It's been flicked in by Alexis Sanchez. A quality goal from the Gunners. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of Monday the 29th of August 2016. I'm Russell Hargreaves. Coming up over the course of the next few minutes, the Arsenal number one goalkeeper Peter Cech is going to pop by for an interview while Max Jones is here with all the news from both the academy and the ladies team in our feature Around the Club that will kick off as ever with the weekend review. Arsenal headed to Vicarage Road on Saturday afternoon to take on their training ground neighbours Watford. With both teams looking for their first league win of the season, a ruthless first-half display from the Gunners blew the game wide open. Arsene Wenger's side going ahead after just nine minutes when Alexis Sanchez was fouled in the box and Santi Cazorla took care of matters from the penalty spot. This is Mesut Ozil, flicks it in towards Alexis. Can he take it down inside a penalty area? Was he shoved over? Well, the referee has given a penalty, has he? What's he given? Well, we've seen penalties given for all sorts this season already. Lots of holding. That wasn't a hold as such, but you could argue it was a shove. So, Santi Cazorla, for his first of the campaign, potentially against Aurelio Gomez here at Vicarage Road. Can Santi put Arsenal in front? It's Cazorla who finds the back of the net and Arsenal lead by a goal to nil. Sanchez, who was a lively and threatening presence throughout, doubled Arsenal's advantage five minutes before half-time. The Chilean scrambling the ball home after good work from Theo Walcott. As Alexis turns away from Cabal, he's got Ozil in field. If he can spot him, it's a good ball towards Ozil. Inch perfect, who will help it on here to Bayerin, who will flick it wide right to Walcott. Walcott, low ball in. Alexis must score! Oh, and he's over the line. Surely that's gone over. It has gone over. Arsenal have got another here. Well, we required some technology to work that one out. The referee looked towards this near touchline because no one was sure whether it crossed the line or not. Gomez got something on it, but not enough, and it did cross the line. And Alexis is on the score sheet. Arsenal double their advantage, and after some brilliant play from Alexis, then Ozil, then Bearing, and Walcott, the finishing touch from the Chilean, and Arsenal lead here by two goals to nil. The game was put beyond doubt in stoppage time at the end of the first 45 minutes, courtesy of Mesut Ozil, the German international making his first start of the domestic season after being rested after Euro 2016. Oxlade-Chamberlain manages to hold off Amrabat. Now it's with Alexis on the left-hand side, Phil Walcott, edge of the penalty area. Alexis still has it, curls it inside the area, and the glancing header 
goes into the bottom corner from Mesut Ozil and Arsenal have got a third here and once again it's brilliant play, terrific movement and just a simple nod into the corner from Mesut Ozil to give Arsenal a third in added on time. Watford nil, Arsenal three. Well, it's substitute Roberto Pereira pulled one back on 57 minutes, but it proved to be no more than a consolation as Arsenal claimed a well-deserved and morale-boosting three points. It was also confirmed post-match by Arsene Wenger that the club have completed the signings of Germany defender Skodran Mustafi from Valencia and Spanish striker Lucas Perez from Deportivo La Coruña. That did a combined deal for in excess of £50 million. Now into his second season as Arsenal's number one goalkeeper, Peter Cech has made a massive contribution to the club since signing from London rivals Chelsea. Here is Peter talking about his football academy in his native Czech Republic with Arsenal Media's Nick Brumsack. Peter, what can you tell me about your academy? We are obviously proud of our achievement because uh, 10 years ago when we started, we we wanted to have a project we will have which would have the continuity and and now, 10 years on, with all the success we had with the academy, we are obviously proud of that. So the idea was simple. I, when I was a kid and the age of these kids between uh, 6 and 14, uh, there was no uh, football camp during the summer, like a specific football camp where you could spend one week uh, with uh, with your friends playing football. And, and uh, we had camps which the themes were completely different. And I didn't, I, I never... I've never, I never went to any of the camps like that because uh, I just was not really interested in doing things. Uh, I, I would rather have something like a sports theme and it was not at the time. So my idea was to bring something like that with the football theme uh, alive and, and, you know, with the, with the help of uh, uh, Sports Invest and the production team, we obviously find a solution and, and this been in my eyes, a great project and we had a lot of success and, and the kids proved that. You spent much of your career away from the Czech Republic. Um, is this still one way to connect with the people back home? Yeah, I think the if, if you are getting something, you, you need, need to get something back as well. This is my this is my philosophy and, and this is one of those things I can give back. I can come and and all these kids are supporting me and our national team on the TV and and uh, you know, to have for them to have the opportunity to meet me, to come over here, to get a picture and, and anything signed and have a Q and A, uh, it's it's something they they really appreciate. And and this is where you can you know teach them little things, pass on the experience, and and make them happy. And this is this is all about it. And have any of the the kids gone on to be a major success at all? Well, we had the we had the girl. She's now older than the the age limit, so she's not here anymore. But she's uh, she's playing for Sparta Prague women team, or the 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 younger ladies, and and um, she's in the national team. So this is one of the you know successes. Obviously, she had the advantage of coming to our camp while during the year working with Sparta Prague, which is a big, uh, big help. But we had so many kids which, which um, they, they send us the feedback and, and they were really happy with the, with the way that it went for them here and they really appreciated and enjoyed it. So this is, this is something, you know, the academy is not about taking the kid and, and make them in the professional footballer. I think it's more about the health, health, health uh, lifestyle, 
about the philosophy of how to approach sport, how to focus on certain areas, and and they have uh, English lessons and they have uh, uh, guests to speak to and and, uh, and can be guests from a different uh, uh, professions just to you know to have a you know refreshing experience. And uh, today we uh, we were lucky to have Mr. Verba, which is the national team coach. So they they had a Q and A with him and. And I think uh, I think was interesting for them. Do you get a different sort of buzz from doing work like this compared to playing football? Yeah, it's it's different. You know, I I join every group for the training session this morning, and when you see the when you see little things, you can adjust, you can tell them. And there was a little boy in the goal; she, he was doing really well. But I I thought that at the time he was too deep, and I was thinking like you know, if you are three yards out, you probably save everything because he was doing really well and. And then that's why I force him to start higher and, and I force him to think about it. And then he had like uh, continuously 10 shots and he didn't concede. And you could see the, you know, his eyes were completely huge like that. The smile on his face, he couldn't, he couldn't, uh, you know, he couldn't hide it. And this was what made my day as well, because you know that the, the advice you give uh, actually comes uh, to realization. Adams put through by Bold. Would you believe it? Or oh, Charlie George, who can hit him? Oh, a great goal! It's up for grabs now! Thomas! Right at the end! On the 2nd of September 2013, Mesut Ozil became Arsenal's record signing when he arrived from Real Madrid on transfer deadline day. Well, he started off with a trademark assist within 10 minutes of his debut, that against Sunderland. Gibbs, it's an excellent ball, what control by Ozil that was, lovely ball in, a chance here and a goal, beautifully made and Olivier Giroud has finished and it was a class act from Ozil putting that ball in and what a goal from the Gunners. The German international midfielder scored his first goal for the club against Napoli in the Champions League, coming just a couple of weeks later. It's a lovely touch from Giroud, sets Ramsey away, Rosicki in the middle, Ramsey's picked out, oh what a finish! It's the first goal for Arsenal for their record signing. Mesut Ozil almost casually drives the ball in. It's Arsenal 1, Napoli 0. Mesut recorded 19 assists in the Premier League last season. Not bad for his second campaign with the club. And he's already won two FA Cups in his time here as well. We'll have another history lesson next week, but now it's time to go around the club. It's time to go around the club with Max Jones. Well, each month, Max is going to be here to give us all the latest news from outside the first team. And, Max, good to be back on the show, pal. There is plenty going on, clearly, isn't there, which is great. Yeah, lots, lots happening, especially with the, the new under-23s league. I believe you're going to ask me about that one anyway. But I'll be, don't you worry. <laughs> I'll, I'll kick it off, shall I, and tell you what it's about? Yeah, so basically, obviously, you and I had the pleasure alongside David Hillier right at the end of last season of commentating on Arsenal getting promoted to the top tier of what was then the under-21s league, which was great. That still counted because, of course, that promotion is still in place. But the league that Arsenal have gone up into, I guess, is just a little bit different with the change to under-23s. Uh, yeah, I mean, from, from a fan's point of view, you won't notice the change. It's just part of this Premier League rebranding. Uh, the Premier League website has actually said uh, that Premier League 2 is a new competition that replaces the under-21 Premier League from 2016 to 2017. 
uh, with greater focus on the level of play in terms of technicality, physicality and intensity to bring players as close to first team experience as possible. In other words, the rules are a bit looser and it means that recovering senior players or fringe players can play. And we obviously saw with that game against Aston Villa that Arsenal won to get promoted. Three key players from the first team involved there, the likes of Santi Cazorla coming back from injury and, and bossing the midfield. So this is the kind of thing that is now, what, slightly more enabled and slightly easier to do? Yeah, so it's that. And I think it's also to ease what Roberto Martinez called the bottleneck effect in English football, where you've got promising youngsters coming through but they can't get into the first team because you've got world-class talent there. You know, looking at Man City, we saw how good their players were last season, um, but they've got to get in ahead of the likes of Aguero and De Bruyne and stuff like that. So this is kind of to, to ease the pressure on them a bit, give them a bit more playing time before they're loaned out or before they decide to make the next step in their career, really. This is an important point, isn't it, as well? Because you look at certain clubs and, and loaning players out, I'm just thinking about Joel Campbell, who's not young anymore, but he's still a guy who's in the formative years and making his way as a top professional, going out on loan. And, and other clubs, the likes of Man City, Chelsea, we see this very regularly done, where there's a huge relationship with clubs and, and loan deals going on. So you've got that option for young players. You've got the new Premier League 2 as an option. Do you kind of do one or the other, or, or what's the balance you strike here? Or I guess it's up to the individual club, isn't it? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much each club trusts the new setup. We've seen with Chelsea, they're loaning all their players out to, to Dutch clubs. Um, Arsenal have done it recently as well with uh, Tafari Moore and Stefan O'Connor going out there. So whether we'll see more players leave on loan or, or stay around the club remains to be seen, but you know, that's probably going to be damning for the future of this competition if they continue to loan players out. So the idea is perhaps loan some out but use this as a nucleus and a real kind of finishing school and a, and a real breeding ground for others. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I believe it was a couple of seasons ago now, Alex Awobi, I mean, look at him now, he's flying. Obviously, he did have that bit of a setback with that injury, but before then, the boss had him in the first team. He was probably going to be one of the key players this season. Um, two seasons ago, he scored a hat-trick at the Emirates. So... You know, boss is always watching those sorts of games. It's a great chance for these players to be able to perform in front of fans and, um, and also in front of the boss and make their mark on the first thing. Yeah, that consistency of selection and then the momentum that hopefully comes with it is key, isn't it? Just right across the board with all of Arsenal's different teams, one of which, of course, is Arsenal's women and the new Super League calendar. Just uh, move on to that next, shall we? Yep, um, you've come to the right place because I, I actually wrote an <laughs> academic essay about why they should change the calendar and it seems like they have. So Clearly because of your work, Max. Yeah, small victory for me, I guess. Um, <laughs> Don't so, milk it. No, actually, milk it. That's fine, milk it. So, yeah, for the, for the last five years since it was established in uh, 2011, the WSL has always used the summer calendar. Um, so that means that it goes between March and November. Um, problems with this included fixture scheduling and, and ground availability as well. Um, but given how much the game's grown since uh, the 2015 World Cup success, you know, there's more fans going to the games now and you need matches to be a bit more regular, a bit more um, regimented, I guess. Okay. I guess you could yeah. say that there are some, some weeks where games won't be on or you, know, you won't really know which ground it's going to be played at. You need that consistency definitely for the fans to really engage, don't you? Absolutely. And... Uh, the WSL changed to a winter calendar, um, although we're not actually allowed to call it a winter calendar. They've 
Okay. Said that they said that it's definitely not. It's it, a non-summer calendar. <laughs> a non-summer <laughs> non calendar. Um, so this is going to happen in 2017 uh, from September to May, and it's just going to mirror the men's, the men's calendar. Um, of course, that does mean that there's a bit of a gap between the end of this season and the start of next season. Yeah, of course. So um, to kind of bridge that gap, they're going to be doing a spring series, um, which is just going to be played with the teams. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In the WSL, so they've got a bit of competitive football before the Euros, um, so that hopefully the Lionesses can build on that success from from a year ago and uh, do well in Holland. It's like a mini-league, effectively, just to kind of bridge that gap. That's very interesting. And, and really good, though, Max, that, that the Women's League is in such a position that the Super League can stand on its own two feet at the same time as the male game. And as you say, two or three years ago, that wasn't really a viable option, but it's got its own support base, its own interest now, where hopefully it can do so and, and really reap those rewards. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of money pumped into it recently, and that's great to see. The clubs are starting to have their own stadiums as well. Look at Man City, they, they share their academy ground, which is a great facility. So, you know, ground availability shouldn't be too much of an issue anymore. Um, it's also going to help the clubs in European competition um, quite well. Over the last five years, we've seen you know, the likes of Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City or whoever um, go into the European football uh, one month or two months after their actual season has ended um, and they come up against a European club who's bang in the middle of their season and obviously it's, it's more difficult for them. So hopefully that will... Uh, that would be a nice advantage for them to have. Um, th there are problems, though. OK. <laughs> um, the, the biggest one that I have is, you know, you want fans to be going to these games, but most of the time, um, supporters will support the ladies' team and the men's team. So quite often I've been to Arsenal ladies' games and a lot of fans will be there because um, the men's team aren't playing or the men's team are playing away. So they've got to be a bit clever with the scheduling here. And, you know, if, if the men's team are playing away, 
put the ladies on at home, then you've definitely got fans going to those games to hopefully continue to break record attendances. Uh, Max, let's conclude then, having looked at Premier League Two and the new Women's Super League calendar in detail there, about just one or two of the, the up-and-coming stars and, and names that you think our listeners should be across and, and really listening out for in the months to come. Um, well, Liam, our, our producer, asked me to come up with one name. One name came up straight away in my head, and that's Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Probably one of his biggest fans. Um, one of my favourite youngsters to watch at the club, okay. along with Alex Awobi. Um, left foot, right foot, passing, vision, you know, pace, trickery. He's got it all. Um, so, really, the next step's going to be up to him mentally. Is, is he ready to make the step up to the first team? Uh, last season, he was on loan at Ipswich, scored two goals in, in 32 games for them, including one against Rob Holdings Bolton and also one against um, my local team, Portsmouth, oh, okay. which is an absolute screamer. So if you can, check it out on YouTube. Um, it's, it's a very, very good goal. Um, but yeah, it, it, it will be a big season for him. I expect him to play under-23s at the start of the season, then maybe go out on loan again. Um, he, you know, you would have... Regular fans of, of Arsenal would have seen him play in the Champions League and the Premier League. I mean, he only got like the final five or six minutes against the likes of Newcastle and Stoke, I believe, the other team were. Mm. Um, and when he came on, you know, he, he looked quite skinny, yeah. <laughs> quite, quite small. He's bulked up a bit. I think he's still got a bit of bulking up to do. How old is he now? Uh, he's 18, okay, 18 yeah. now. Um, but once, once he does that bulk enough, I'm sure he'll go on to be a star. And it sounds like he's got all the skills. And, and as you say, it's about trying to have the right mental approach. You need that bit of luck with injuries and maybe opportunities to open up for you to take as well, clearly. But, yeah, it's fascinating to see. Hopefully he won't try and overforce the issue and put too much pressure on himself. I think we've seen that with one or two of the youngsters when they've come in and, and either had opportunities or, or been on the cusp of them. Yeah, but I think the, the good thing is that you've got examples of different routes to the first team within our actual squad at the moment. So you've got the likes of Jack, who broke in when he was, I don't know, 12 or something, didn't he? He, was, he always seemed to be <laughs> on the, like on the first-team yeah. squad. Um, and you've got him, you've got Alex Awobi, who kind of crept through as a bit of a, an un, unknown. Arsene Wenger yeah. said that he didn't really know that much about Awobi when he was 17. But, you know, fast-forward three years, and he's yep. one of those key figures in that team now. And then, obviously, Francis Coquelin. Went out on loan till he was 24. Um, didn't really see a future for himself at the club. And... Now he's, he's as key as any other player in that team. So, you know, the young players, especially Ainsley, who maybe will go out on loan again, just got to be looking at those players as examples that there isn't just one route to the first team. You just take your time, be patient, make sure that you're the best player that you can be by the time you do get to that stage. I'm sure it'll be fine. Well, Max Jones, thanks very much indeed for taking us around the club. The Chalkboard with Adrian Clark. Well, there's no Premier League game this week, but there is, of course, that Legends game against AC Milan. So with that firmly in mind, this week's question on the chalkboard is what would your all-time Arsenal Legends 11 be? And, boy, there's a few points of debate there for Adrian Clark, who joins me now for his regular slot here on the Arsenal Weekly podcast. Clarky, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, my phone, I don't know if they, they, they've forgotten my number or whether it's just, just not coming through, but I haven't, I haven't had a call-up for this game yet. Mate, I think given your <laughs> numerous appearances for the Arsenal first team, and given the fact you had a trial at Mighty and Kidderminster, I, I think you should be on. That. I don't I think nine. I don't think nine first team games will, will, will qualify me, unfortunately. But it should be good, shouldn't it? Absolutely. That phone may yet ring if there's an injury crisis, <laughs> I doubt or it. maybe the lasagna. Who knows? It could be like Spurs, couldn't it, from a few years ago? Could be some food poisoning around. Um, Clarky, this is a tough one, isn't it, mate? And it's quite nice, isn't it? The chalkboard, the idea of mm -hmm. you know old school going back to school. 
there are some wonderful players from years gone by, some we never saw play mm. or even saw footage of, others that we remember kind of growing up or as you broke into the, the setup mm. here, and then all the great stars of more recent years as yeah. well. It's a rich tapestry to try and work oh, with, isn't it? So, so difficult, yeah. We've had some amazing players down the years. We've had various title-winning sides. You've got the 71 team, you've got 89-91, and then, and then you come into the more modern era with, with Arsene Wenger. So there are plenty to choose from, and it isn't easy. <laughs> Should we start at the back? Yeah. Actually, I'll tell you what we will do. Yeah. Let's work out the formation to this, first of yeah, all. Yeah, I, I think we're going to go with... Um, Let's go with a 4-4-2. Let's not okay. mess around I suppose here. historically yeah. that's the fairest, isn't it, when you compare how a lot of the formations were in the past? Yeah, I yeah, think okay, so. Um, so, yeah, we'll go, we'll go with 4-4-2. Actually, at the back, I'm thinking it's straightforward and it's harsh on three players, maybe four, actually. Um, I'm going to go with the back four that's famous. Why break up a unit that was perfect, really. Well, obviously, they conceded goals, but it's the best back four in the history of Arsenal Football Club. It's David Seaman in goal, it's Lee Dixon at right-back, Tony Adams, Steve Bold, Nigel Winterburn. That unit, you can't get any better. And I'll tell you who I'm being harsh on here, Ashley Cole, probably player for player, has the edge on Nigel Winterburn. Nigel would probably say that himself. Um, Pat Rice, I think, is a great shout for right-back, great servant you know, on and off the pitch in terms of his coaching. Um, and Frank McClintock, of course, um, double-winning skipper in 71, he, he'd consider himself hard done by, but I don't want to break up that back five. And also Keown taking over from Bowl for a bit of that chunk as well, do you know good what I mean? Good point, good point. Mark. Yeah, let's hope Martin's not listening, because yeah, he won't, he won't well, make he thank... He played for other clubs as well. Yeah, he won't while, thank so. me for... Because that is... When you talk about that famous back four or back five, it, depending on who you talk to, it's Bold or Keown, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but yeah. but I would say Bold, he probably spanned a longer um, period of time and um, for that reason, I'd stick him in there. OK, fair enough. So that's a lot of it sorted already. This is going well. Uh, OK, so midfield, we'll break this up into two different sections. If you're going 4-4-2, yeah. you've got your engine room and you've got your wide players. So we'll, we'll start with the, the defensive slash central midfielders. Yeah, well... The, I think you have to look at the players in recent seasons for that. Not not in recent recent times, but but in the early Wenger era, you're probably talking about Gilberto and Patrick Vieira. I think both were, were magnificent in that in that holding role. And and I think if you've got this perfect team, you're looking for a bit of balance. You're looking for a creator next to a stopper. Um, but one thing that people don't always associate with both those guys is the fact they did contribute goals, they did drive forward, they didn't just sit in front of the back four mopping up danger, they were driving forces of the team. So, so both are, are worthy candidates, but I, I'm not leaving Patrick Vieira out of the team, so, um, so he would definitely get the nod in there. Well, there's also, you know, quite a few candidates, aren't there? You think, of, even though he was only here for a few seasons, Emmanuel Petit played yes. such a key role, and mm. he's just one of a few examples of mm. players that would have had a decent shout and stuck their hand up. OK, what about the two slightly trickier, wider players, oh, a la Clark? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not going to stick myself in it, don't no. worry. Um, I'm going to go old school for, for one of the slots. Um, he was a man that I worked with um, here at Arsenal for many years. Uh, a, a great man, a great coach, um, played so many games. He was the appearance holder um, for so long. Um, George Armstrong. Geordie Armstrong, I think, um, warrants a place in, in the all-time 11. He was just Mr Consistent. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to see him play live in his, in his heydays before my era, but everybody that reminisces about Geordie 
will say that he would be a 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10 every single week, up and down the flank, providing unselfish ammunition for the strikers. And he was Mr Arsenal. I know Tony Adams is Mr Arsenal, but I think George Armstrong um, w w was not too far behind him in that regard. Well, so Dixon's going to like slotting in behind this, isn't he? It's going to give yeah. him lots of licence yeah, Exactly. And he was great. <laughs> Lee Dixon was great to play with. He played behind me a few times in the first team. And it was just made life so much easier. Um, on the other flank, I, I'm going to, you'd have to go more modern, I think. You're looking at Overmars, so destructive um, with that Syrian pace. Um, Lundberg contributed a, a number of, yeah. of excellent goals. Um, and, uh, you know, you've got other players since. But my favourite, he's a lovely player to watch. And I've met him as well not so long ago and a, a delightful bloke as well, actually. Robert Perez, I think he would have to play. Just a dream footballer. I, I loved... Um, Watching him, just 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 drifting past players, as if they weren't there, a class act. So someone like Liam Brady doesn't even get in here. Well, you haven't got to the other central midfielder. Oh. You see, Liam Brady. Oh, hang on. So, yeah. you, so when you said Vieira and Gilberto. Yeah. No, and I wasn't picking them both. Ah. Yes. No. No. That wasn't massively clear. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, this is very important. So let's go for your kind of. What? Attacking central. Yeah, the creative midfielder. Now, ah. look, he's not too popular in these parts um, these days, but Cesc Fabregas, I don't think his contribution should be overlooked. I think he was a, a terrific, creative central midfield player for Arsenal down the year. Look, we've had some, we've had some good players in that, in that role. I look back at, you know, Michael Thomas, you know, in the 89, he was a driving force in there. Um, a number of players, but, but I would go for balance in there. And you've got... The powerhouse Vieira driving forward, breaking up players, snapping it in tackles. And who would I want as the foil alongside him? Just picking up those loose balls and clipping balls into the front two, which is about to be revealed. I'd want Liam Brady. I did see Liam Brady play. Not for us. I saw him in the uh, back end of his career for West Ham. Still terrific then. Uh, oozed quality. So I'd, I would I would go with um, a midfield of um, Perez, Brady, Vieira. And Jordi Armstrong. Yeah, and he oozed quality when he joined us on the Arsenal Weekly podcast last season as mm. well. It was a pleasure to have Liam yeah. Brady on. I remember that very, very fondly. OK, so we're nine elevenths of the way through. Yeah. Strike force. Yeah. One, I'm sure, is very easy. Probably both are quite easy, but again, it's immensely tough on at least one other brilliant well, player. I know who you're talking about, because I think you've probably guessed my front too. It's harsh on Ian Wright, because I played with Ian Wright. He was a brilliant striker, a bundle of energy, could score all types of goals, and was a real team player as well. When things weren't going your way, Wright, he would buzz around and make something happen because he was just that kind of effervescent character. So he, in any, you know, if we were going 4-3-3, he'd be in there for sure. Um, Alan Smith, I think, is very underrated as, a, as yep. an Arsenal striker. Top scorer for a number of seasons and a great team player. But, look, it has to be Bergkamp playing off, off Thierry Henry. It was a golden era, watching those two. And I think the fans that that were here at Emirates Stadium and at Highbury, that, that, well, actually, it was only at Highbury, wasn't it, with Bergkamp and Henri, that those fans that got to see those two week in, week out, they might not have realised it at the time, but they were, they were seeing the best two forwards in for choice. I played with Bergkamp, just a, the best player I played with, hands down, superb professional. And I played against Thierry Henry when I was at Stevenage and he scored a hat-trick and, uh, well, he scored hat-tricks against plenty of teams, didn't he? Just, just, just as an all-round centre-forward, I would say, not just the best uh, that Arsenal have had, the best in the Premier League's history. Wow. OK, that is the Adrian Clark Legends eleven, and boy, what an eleven it is. Just two quick things. First of all, 
if a current squad member was ever to going to be thought of in that kind Ooh. of renown yeah. in the future. If we were doing this, I don't know, say in five or ten years' time, yeah. we don't know who's going to stay for how long. Hopefully many of the best players at the current first-team level will stay for many years to come. Yeah. Who do you think is the best It's potential? a good question. I, I think Mesut Ozil. Um, Head of Alexis. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I like Alexis. I, I think he's uh, very effective. But as an all-round footballer that makes a team tick, you take Mesut Ozil out of this Arsenal side, they, they're half the team. He might, not half the team, but, it, but it's a big hole that he leaves. And I think Arsenal can cope without Alexis a little bit better. Um, he's a class act, but he needs to win more trophies here and he needs to you know, win a Footballer of the Year prize. And then, I guess, then we'll be talking about would he be pushing the likes of Dennis Bergkamp. He's got a long way to go, though. Clarky, brilliant stuff. And remember, if you've got a question for the chalkboard with our very own Adrian Clark, it's hashtag Arsenal Weekly. Clarky, thank you. Yeah, pleasure. Well, that's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Peter Check, to Max Jones, and of course to Adrian Clark. Don't forget you can subscribe on iTunes so that you never miss another episode. And please leave us a five star review in the process. I'm sure, you will. And of course, you can find us on ACAST now as well. We're back on Monday, the 5th of September, and we'll bring you all the behind the scenes news from that Legends game. Until then, it's bye for now. And come on, you guts. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.